you know, from the very beginning of our ministry, I can remember saying that my goal of life is to be a nice old lady. Now, you might you might think, well, why would you say that? Well, it's because I have I grew up with some not so quite nice older ladies, you know, um, and I think that. A lot of being a nice old lady or a nice old man is um, being prepared and to think it through what's going to happen because it, you know you 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 don't know exactly what's going to happen but you do know that it's not going to be the same and we're all I think have lived long enough to have seen people some of which as they get older they're uh, healthy and some of which are not. So we all had this sort of dread in the map, you know, what if I'm not healthy? Then my mother had Alzheimer's, and so that doesn't make me feel it very good. Although, I'll tell you, she handled it, I mean, it was hard on the rest of us, but, you know, eventually, I mean, I don't know, it didn't seem so very hard on her as it did on all the rest of us. Uh, But the truth is that we don't know what's going to happen. But God does. And so what I'm going to share today is not how to have a seniors meeting. I'll try to finish early and we can talk about that. But, but talk about how can we, uh, be, be, continue to accomplish what God wants us to accomplish as we grow older. So, uh, I told, uh, Bridget, she asked if I had notes and I said, well, this is going to be more, um, encouragement that it's going to be academic because to me there is nothing that I want more at this point in my life that when I get to the end of my life they look back and they say grandma if we acted like grandma it would be good all would be good and you know I I don't think I mind getting older although I will say that this week it's very interesting that I'm teaching this because this week we've had three pie meetings we call them uh, pastors and informational exchange and before when we did those we did for a capital campaign but this time we have been announcing two different segments of the church that in on August 22nd or uh, 26th we're going to transfer the lead pastor to our son Christopher now, there, there's really mixed emotions about that. I'm very thankful that God called our son to pastor the church. I'm very thankful for that. I'm very thankful that he loves us and he wants us to stay because I don't know where in the world we'd go otherwise. It doesn't even sound good, Florida, to me. But, um, but having said that, sometimes when I'm hearing Dave do the explanation, I'll find tears coming to my eyes because it's going to be different. And so as I prepared, I prepared with that in mind that things are going to change and they're going to change for all of us. And we have to realize and give give ourselves room for that, that it change is tough. It is just tough. And, um, I, I mean, if I look back, I know that we, that life has changed all through life. <laughs> you know, it's always changed. But somehow this seems like a harder and bigger change than some of the other things. Cause it always looked like we were going up. But now it looks like, oh my goodness, here we go for a now. But I don't believe that is true. I believe that God has works for us, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, in Psalm 90, there are some instructions that Moses get, said. He said, as for the days of our lives, they contain 70 years, or if due to strength, 80 years. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. We had a young, uh, I mean, not a young, but an older man in our church that told me the other day that he read in an article that middle age is 70 now. And the truth is, we are living longer. So maybe we could say, you know, with strength, 90, maybe even 90, 100. And if we stay healthy, I've seen healthy people really be productive through their entire lives. Um, Another uh, scripture that comes to my mind when I think of growing older is found in Ephesians 2.10. It says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Just think about it. God has works he wants you to do. He had works he wanted you to do when you were a child. He had works when you were 30. He had works when you were 40. He had works for you when you're 50. 
Why would you think that he has no works as you get into retirement? Now let me say about retirement, I don't see, I don't see retirement in the Bible. I think we refire, we retread, we may have to slow down, but we never retire from life. You know, God is not in heaven saying to me, say, oh my, oh my goodness, Kay, I forgot that you were going to retire someday and I don't have a plan. Just give me a few days and I'll get it together. Now don't misunderstand me. The plan will be different. And I'm not, I'm not 80 or 90 now. And I know it will get more different. But I find that the most important thing about growing old is to prepare your mind and your heart. If God knew your situation when, when you got married and you had children and you didn't know any, have any idea how to raise those children, doesn't He know your situation now? Doesn't He have a plan now? I think sometimes that we really limit God by thinking that if we're not healthy, then He he, we, he has no works for us now. No, God always has prepared works. And, but in that context, there is a part for Him to play and there is a part for us to play. God's part is to prepare the works, create us to do those works, and then labor with us as we walk out that plan. But our part is to prepare and choose to have an attitude that He can work with. Um, as I said, the first thing is to prepare your heart. You know, when we think about Moses and Moses' life, we often see him as a leader of the children of Israel and when he left the promised land. But the truth is, before that, when he was just a baby, he had, a, he had very little potential. His, his people like him, young boys like him, were hated by the rulers. And since he was a boy, the rulers didn't even want him to live. So even after the midwives had saved his life, his parents still had to hide him. And finally, he put his, she put him in a little basket and put him in the Nile River. You know, I see that as sort of a metaphor for what it is to go into older age. It's like being in a basket and not knowing what's to come. You just don't know. I don't think I would have wanted to be in the Nile. You know, if you, if you got rambunctious, you might tip over. I don't think I would have wanted to be where there were crocodiles because there's dangers. But you see, God took care of Moses because Mo- God had created works for Moses to do. And he used everything in his life to prepare him for those works. We are very blessed, though, as seniors because... There has never been a generation of seniors that are living longer or live healthier lives. The Bible tells us over and over again that that we have a responsibility to share God's goodness from generation to generation. How are the younger people going to know and to understand the goodness of God if we don't tell them? If we don't share those things that have happened in our lives? See, we have experience and even when we go through hard things, we can, as long as we can speak, we can share the goodness and the, and the, and the promises that God has brought to us. I love Psalm 78, 5 through 7, where it says, He decreed statues for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children so the next generation would know them even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children. Then they would put their trust in God and would not forget His deeds but keep His commands. What are some of the things that keep us as seniors from doing what God has called us to do? From sharing our lives to, for, with the younger generation? For continuing to be... Um, To be, uh, how can I say it? To be relevant relevant to that younger younger generation. I think the first thing is fear of rejection. You know, we're afraid that when we don't, when we no longer can do what we used to be able to do, that people won't, 
that young people won't care about us. We don't know what will come. However, we have a choice, I believe, in how people accept us. When Paul was on his way to Jerusalem, he didn't know everything that was going to happen. But he knew that God had prophesied that he'd go through hard things, that there would be chains and there would be afflictions. And with that backdrop, he said this, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task that the Lord has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's great grace. To my sadness, I sometimes see, see seniors lose their perspective. And after they've followed the Lord their entire lives and trusted Him for the next step, suddenly they're paralyzed by a fear of the unknown. I know that feeling, that feeling of maybe, well, maybe there won't be a place for me. Maybe, maybe they won't care about my opinions. Well, you know, the truth is they probably won't care uh, as much as we wish they would sometimes. But the truth is, maybe our role has changed. Maybe it's not our opinions we need to be giving, but we need to be giving our encouragement. You know, in your church, there are teens in your, in your family, in your church, that are on a quest for identity. There's young adults, singles. There's so, it seems like there's so many singles today. Uh, and because, I think because they marry later, maybe. Um, although I didn't get married till nearly 27, so I was an anomaly. But anyway, um, <clears throat> there are married couples. There's young mothers. There's young fathers who, um, who really don't know the next steps to take. And you have worked through those things. Let me ask you something. Do you desire meaning and purpose? Are you reaching out in confidence or have you already decided that nobody really wants to hear what you have to say? Are you looking for comfort and what you're used to having before or are you looking for solutions? Are you a captain on life's ship steering a steady course through through troubled waters? If you are, then you're needed by the church. I challenge you, rather than fearing rejection, choose to give unconditional love. Choose to give care for others. You know, we don't need a title. We don't need to be the leader of anything. We, we just need to truly love God and to love the young people around us. We need to take our eyes off of the past and look forward with faith and belief that we can make a difference. Let me give you an example. We have a lady in our church, her name is Karen Hibbert, and she's 71. Now, I'm 65, so 71 isn't really that old, believe me, it's just very, very young. But uh, but Karen... Um, you know, I don't know. Well, anyway, I better not go into that. But Karen, <laughs> Karen is very gifted, and she was administrative in many of her jobs and things like that. But she had not really found, and she's had a great attitude, but she had not really found a ministry that she could really take and, and do. So she comes to me one day, and she tells me about something called Stephen Ministry. Now, this is very... Um, this is very, um, well, it costs a lot of money, so you might not want to do this way. But um, what it is is a care ministry in the church where people sign up to be uh, connected to someone. It's not exactly mentoring. It's not exactly counseling. It's, it's just letting people have someone to talk to that, has, that can help them through difficult situations. So Karen told me about this ministry, ministry and we started looking at it. You know, she could have sat at home and said, you know, I am 71 years old and nobody in this church cares what I think. But she, but that would have been sad because she was wrong. She would have been wrong. And because she dared to do something and found others to join with her, now we have a ministry of, we are beginning a ministry of care that's very organized and intentional. And, and this is what is so funny. She is leading it, but we have a young couple that's in their 
I don't know. I can't tell. Their kids are just about grown. So I would say maybe 40s. And they are excited about doing it because they were at the place where their kids were leaving home and they needed a ministry that gave them purpose. And so here you would think, oh, Karen is too old to to do something like that. No, she just had to care enough about not, not just older people, but younger people, all ages of people that were going through difficult things. Now, secondly, I think that sometimes we don't um, accomplish what we could camp- accomplish because we're not willing to accept change. Think back when you were young and started out, starting out, I want to get this where I can push the button every once in a while, see what time it is. Um, and uh, didn't you have some new ideas? Oh, I can remember the first time we went to a district council. Now, we, had, we came from Springfield, Missouri, and out there they had gotten where they were singing in the spirit, you know. So, boy, boy Dave, <laughs> uh, Dave was... Um, you know, he was into singing in the spirit, and I've never heard him do anything quietly, you know. So we were at council, and nobody sang in the spirit. And I am sitting there, you know, like trying to become little smaller and smaller. <laughs> he just did it. Well, you know, then it came where everybody did. <laughs> you know, that was just what happened. I can remember leading worship at a time apart. Um, Roberta had asked me to lead worship, and we brought our worship team. And I can remember planning a very... Um, how would you say, a very uh, traditional kind of thing. I mean, you know, traditional for that time. But it was the week after Easter, and we had just introduced Celebrate Jesus. And oh my goodness, that was cutting edge. And it was hip, you know, it was something else. But I had not included it because I thought, oh, you know, everybody will think, you know, what they'll think, you know. And and finally, I, sh- I did it. I said, we get there. We'll get there with the other list. And I said to our worship team, we're going to do Sunday's, Sunday's group of songs. And we sang. And then the concern was that these women, they got so wild jumping up and down in this, on this balcony that I was afraid the balcony was going to fall. <laughs> but didn't we do new things? Now, I look back at that now and I go, celebrate Jesus is so antique. You know, huh? Celebrate Jesus, celebrate. Da 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 da. da. <laughs> I can be all parts, but I mean, it was a big deal. I mean, I felt like I was like walking on water to have that much faith to do celebrate Jesus for the women. I mean, it was ridiculous. But you know, things are changing now too. Have you noticed? Now I don't know. I don't know about the music in your church. But it ain't celebrate Jesus. And it's for sure not at the cross, you know? But sometimes what we um interpret as being pushed out has less to do with us being pushed out as that we are withdrawing because we don't like the change. And I decided a long time ago, and David I did, that we would always change. There would always be change in our church. So it's probably a little easier for us than than some because we've done that on purpose. But the, the truth is that I want the young people to come to Christ in the way that communicates to them. I don't. I went to visit my home church in Tyler. I hadn't been there in years. I'd been to Tyler, but I hadn't gone to that home church because I knew, I knew exactly how it was going to be, and it was. I went in there, and it was no different than when I was in high school. They sang all of the old songs, which in Texas means... You know, they didn't do I'll Fly Away, but that's sort of the kind. And, uh, and, and I mean, they had a screamer, just like we did when I was growing up. She said, well, didn't you feel at home? No, I did not feel at home. I mean, I, I about came unglued when she started screaming. Um, but do you see what I mean? If we are trying to get the church to stay for us, we didn't do that. We didn't do it. And we need to realize that that it's like a movie. You know, something is new and it keeps going and then eventually it becomes old. And we have a choice in the way we accept it or don't accept it. You know, I, I try to be very um, easy with when I'm talking to some that complain about the music, but I say, you know, you could listen you could listen to 
I don't know, whatever the station is that you, does that music now. You could listen to that in your car if you like it. My husband does. I mean, I get in there and I'm like, I cannot believe you had this station on. I mean, it was, it's old songs, but he likes them. But he never tries to get the church to stay there. He just likes to hear them. And sometimes as we get older, we think that we're being pushed out. But sometimes it's not that we're getting pushed out. It's that we are, we, we make it so that, so that people can't use the gifts we have because we're so ornery about it, you know, and, and ugly about it. Um, you know, first I think we need to remember that just because the millennials do church different, that doesn't mean that they're changing the message of the Bible. And, and this generation is creative. Many are gifted photographers and videographers and storytellers and musicians. Last night we went downtown close in, in the campus area and our worship um, pastor, he, he put out uh, a, a CD and he wrote six songs and you know, you know, it's, and I'm telling you the truth, it was loud. We were in this place, it was called Trism or something like that, you know, and I mean, it was loud. And, um, and they had no backs on the chairs. I mean, why would you not have backs on the chairs? I just don't get that. Um, but I found a wall. <laughs> so all was good. Uh, but the point is that things changed. But do you know why they went down there to, to do it? And why their heart is? It's because students are out there. There are people that need to know the Lord. Oh, will you just be quiet? <laughs> okay, okay. Hadley's Bar, I think it's that. <laughs> oh my goodness. But, but, but do you see, do you see what I'm saying here? And so sometimes, you know what? Well, when we started to get, I mean, when the music started getting just sort of ridiculously loud um, for a while and, and our sound system wasn't perfect well then we had Pastor Dennis our associate that's been with us forever he got earplugs and so we had this little thing of earplugs at the back and if you came in and it was too loud you just put your earplug in so of course they weren't like beige they were always orange <laughs> I mean I am sure that I'm going to sit in church with orange things there <laughs> But the truth is, over time, we have learned, and we do try not to be ridiculously loud. And uh, But sometimes my ridiculously loud and their ridiculously loud isn't the same. But I want this generation to come to Christ. And they're not going to do it the way we always did it. You know, there are certain things that are very important to us. It's important that our people sing, that we're not having a, a concert, that people sing. But, you know, you look around, and they are singing. I mean, I am so proud of myself. Now I'll get overseas, and I find myself singing the songs they sing rather than songs I grew up with. And I think, oh, no, oh, my goodness, I'm hip. But, um, <laughs> but, you know, the truth is that we have to be careful about two things. One is giving too much advice, and the second is our face. You know, I used to tell my kids... Watch your face, because their face could get them in trouble. And sometimes we think we're telling somebody something in a nice way, but we look like we're so angry with them. And sometimes that's just being uncomfortable, and sometimes we are angry with them, because we want it the way it was. But if we can get to the place that we can speak... We can, we, I mean, I loved it after Dave was saying we're transferring to Chris and Chris got up, our son got up and he said, I, if you, there are going to be changes. Well, Dave said that there's going to be changes. I want there to be changes because I've prayed for 900 and we've run 450 or five, but nothing close to that. And I'm believing that Chris can take us to that. So he said, I hope there's changes. But when Chris got up, he said, he said, if you see things you don't like, come and talk to me. It doesn't, he didn't say it, but I can tell you, it doesn't mean that he's going to change it back. But he wants to hear, he said, I want to pastor everybody and it not just be the young people. But you know, they can sometimes even try to do their part. And if we have a burr in our saddle, 
I'm from Texas, I can say that. Um, you know, well then, there is nothing they can say that's going to help. I remember a lady came into the church and she said, um, uh, one day, well, you know, in the office area, and she was telling me, she said, well, I went to this little Baptist church and they sang all hymns. And I said, how many young people did they have, Rosemary? And she said, well, not too many. And I said, well... She said, so she goes off and she comes back. She said, I just hate it when you tell me the truth. (laughs) But do you see our heart? Do you see what has to be our heart? And the truth is, I mean, I don't, I won't even go, I don't like senior meetings where they sing all old songs. I'm determined not to get old. I mean, I may, but that's being a baby boomer. That's the way we do. I'm going to get old. Because the only other choice is to die, and I'm not up for that. You see what I'm saying? But, but the point is that if we want to be, if we want to accomplish the works that God has created for us, then we have to be very careful about our face, about our tone of voice. You know, when my kids got married, I made up my mind that I was not going to give them advice on life or raising kids unless they ask. And of course, but... There might be times when I would tell them once. Once. But I wasn't going to repeat it. Now the effect that that had on me was that I thought, it was a little, it was a little bit like when I was growing up. And, and you know, you, you wanted to ask your mom or dad something and you thought about it. Now which one is going to tell me yes? Because if I ask the wrong one and I get a no, and I ask the other one, I'm in a world of hurt. I mean, that's the way we grew up. So, I mean, I thought, you know, and I think mom will be easier on this one. Well, so I think about it. I think, how can I say this where it's not judgmental or it's not in your face or it's not giving the idea that I know better? And I had Chris come to me the other, uh, a while ago and he said, Mom, I appreciate it so much that you will tell us things. But when you tell us, then you don't repeat it. You just let it go. And I also don't tell them I told you so when it doesn't work right. Now, in my heart, I haven't quite hit it where in my heart. <laughs> I haven't quite got there. But, um, but do you see what I'm saying? And we have got to take the responsibility for being sure that we are saying things correctly. And sometimes we just have to know. I mean, we're not, we're not dumb. We may know that as much as I want this changed and much as I liked what was, that is not going to happen. And I need to let the Lord change my heart and, and purify my heart so that I care more about them than I do about what I want. Um, sometimes things will happen and I'll think they'll do something and I'll think that's never going to work. And then sometimes it does work. Sometimes they know better than I do. What a shock. But I know that, I know that the most important thing I can give them is encouragement. They need our encouragement. But you know, we can get to the place that we don't, they, they, they don't want to talk to us. Because if they talk to us, we're going to tear them down instead of build them up. The last thing I want to mention is a, is a loss of perspective. Often, when we, as we get old, we think we have two choices. We can pass the baton of leadership and, and in doing so retreat from the race that God has given us as if God didn't know we were going to get older, as I said before, and didn't have a plan for us. Or we can hold on to leadership so the younger generation won't steal the race that is ours. But I think that there is a third choice. I believe we can pass the mantle of leadership, but keep a hold of the baton of engagement. Uh, there's a book in my thing there. If you want to, in the, I don't know, the snaky one. Um, there's a, okay. We can pass the mantle of leadership, but keep the baton of engagement. Um, we just got this book. It's by uh, Chuck Stecker. I don't know if you know him. He is um, 
he's the one that he he teaches about at 13 you know giving a having a ceremony to bring your children you know say now you're an adult i mean obviously you're not they're not 21 but that now they're an adult because that's what the jewish people did and then he wrote this book which is really an ontology of many people writing parts about uh, you know about this whole idea if you passed your baton take it back now you know it is hard to um to think that in September we won't be the lead pastors at Radiant Life Church you know we've given our life to that we've been there 38 years 38 years that is a long time but the truth is that if we held on that to that too long, we would hurt the church. And we see churches that do that. There's a church I have in my mind that more than likely when that pastor leaves, that church will close because he never would, never. I mean, he's, he's well, uh, he's got to be nearly 90. And he just has a few little people. He used to run 250 or something uh, around that. But now, nobody goes. But it, it, he just can't let go. But you see, I can give leadership, but I'm not giving up my baton of engagement. It may look different. It'll look different after September. Not as different for me as it will for Dave, because I've always done whatever nobody else wanted to do. That's that's your lot in life if you're a pastor's wife and a pastor. Um, and so I'll just keep right on doing whatever nobody else wants to do. <laughs> but for Dave, you know, it's going to look different. But way, way back, he made up his mind that he was not going to stay too long. And he was not going to leave the church and then uh, have uh, two or three years where they they had to find somebody and then, then everything we've done went down and it, you know, whatever. He, I can remember him talking about that before we got married, which made me mad because I thought, you don't retire. Well, I didn't understand really what he was even saying. But the point is that we lose our perspective. Uh, when I was growing up, I always thought that I had an attitude that the greatest days are ahead. And on the way here, I should have written it down because I can't remember it exactly, but it was at a filling station and it had like the, um, well, I don't know, whatever kind of gas they have. And underneath it, it said, because the best days are ahead of you or the best trip is ahead of you. You know, the truth is that's the only trip you've got left. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's foolish to live your life looking back because the past is gone. And so the best days I have are ahead of me. And I'm going to make them good. I am determined to make them good. In fact, I've said for years, when I have to go in a nursing home, I'm just going to take over. I mean, I... (laughs) Run it. Run it, yeah. You see, but we have got to get that attitude. And we've got to judge ourselves so that others won't have to judge us. Sometimes when they have to speak to us about things, then it sort of shuts us down. But what we have to realize is, and listen, young, there are young people that they don't get it either. They don't, they don't get that your face needs to be taken care of and the tone of voice needs to be taken care of. I realize that. But as I told my husband one time when we were dealing with a, a wayward child, a, you know, a little kid, I said, Dave, somebody has to be the adult here, and I think it's us. Right? And and that is sort of backwards to what we think. We think, well, we're at we're the we're the seniors. They ought to treat us special. You know what? They don't know how. They haven't learned yet. They haven't they haven't realized that that a tone of voice can change everything. Or they haven't realized that we're we're experiencing loss. You know, give them space. They're trying. Or they're not, and they'll learn because, you know, you always reap what you sow, so you can be happy when they get in trouble. <laughs> but, do you, but do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> but, but do you understand what I'm saying? Don't allow, don't allow your insecurities to keep you from having a great senior years. Because they need you. 
They need you if they know it, and they need you if they don't know it. That's, that's important. They need you. And you can have eyes. And, and you know, right now I don't see... I mean, I'm, I'm so fortunate. We're staying at the same place. And my grand, most of my grandkids are there. And um, I'm having these opportunities to go overseas. And I prayed for years, Lord. I want to be in Sri Lanka at 85. And somebody said, Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka's not the point. The 85 is the point. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know the future. But I do know that God has created works for me to do. And I want to be willing to do those works. Even if they have no title. Even if I hate the music. Even if I just like to pull their hair sometimes like I did when I was, when they were little. Not often, but occasionally. Uh, but do you see what I'm saying? And we have got to make that decision. Now, I was told to give time for questions. Let me see if I've covered everything I wanted to come. Okay. Uh, I think I do want to talk a little bit more about what retirement means. You know, it says, what about the future? Because retirement comes in all sizes and shapes and forms. But one important aspect of walking into retirement is being intentional. Not just about what you retire from, but what you retire to. And I challenge you to, to try to sit down and ask the Lord, give me creative, give me hope. And that doesn't matter what your age is. Give me hope, Lord. Help me to, to imagine what I could do and what I could do differently. And how really retirement can free me to accomplish more than I'm, or differently than I am right now. Now, does anybody here have any stories? You're retired and you have a situation where you, you see that it's really nice. I don't want ugly stories, but. I retired two years ago, um, and I tell people it's a process, it's not an event. Uh huh. Um, and I had a really important job in the secular world, and to walk away from that to no responsibility was like, and, you know, God had to show me that I now have time to invest in people. And if every day, my impact may not be nationwide, but if I can impact one person's life in a life just by listening to them, caring for them, encouraging them, which I never had time to do before, um, then I have made world-changing difference. You've Absolutely. You've got to redefine what's important. The other thing is I heard a statistic that if you're in your early 60s now and you're in reasonably good health, you will live till your 90s. And I went, that's a long time. And so I see a lot of people retiring from their first vocation yes. and having a 10 to 15 year period of part-time work, volunteer mm-hmm. what your friend was doing with the, you know, with the care ministry, mm-hmm. taking on a ministry and not really mm-hmm. retiring until you're in your late 80s. Yes, yeah. Right. You know, I don't, I, and there's a sense in which I don't think anybody ever should retire until they have to. And even then, we do something, you know. Right. But uh, it was funny. He starts this book and he's talking about, I never saw this movie, but some movie where there was a guy that he, he had retired from the CIA or something like that. And, and, his, uh, and they called him Red. Red, yeah, because it, it was... Uh, Retired, extremely dangerous. Extremely dangerous, yes. And I thought, that is what I want to be. I want to be retired and extremely dangerous. <laughs> but, you, but, you know, we have to... And not dangerous to my church or dangerous to uh, people, but d- dangerous to the devil. You know? And I think it's a, I think it's a, a lie that Satan tells us that we aren't needed anymore. You know, I look at the young, um, the young girls in our church, and some of them, you know, I, this probably isn't a good way to put it, but they're a little flaky, you know, and they really haven't gotten a hold of the idea. You don't want to date somebody you don't want to marry. You're, you're you're flirting with with yeah. with danger. Well, I want to be that one that is retired and extremely dangerous to the plans of Satan. Yeah. 
That's right. And if if we are anything less than that, then I believe we are we are less than what God want, wants us to be. I think, Kay, we we are concerned about losing direction and control. Mm-hmm. But the power that we're in is influence. In That's it. Lives. We can change the direction of our church just by the way we respond. And it, is that right? That's our hope, I think. Yes, absolutely. We get a more powerful place. Like you said, don't let go of the I think that's what yeah. you're trying to say. Don't, don't let, let go, go of the baton. Yeah. You have influence. Yes. You and Dave obviously indelibly are imprinted on Radiant Life. And you will have influence forever. They're going to look to you. They're going to give Chris the leadership. But... Mom, Dad, what are you guys thinking? Yeah, you know, it's really funny. Christopher said he took his test for uh, license or ordination, and there was a question on it, and and it and you were supposed to write the answer. And he said, "What are you supposed? To, uh, what would you do in this case?" And he put down, "I would ask my dad." <laughs> so he goes through the interview, and they were really laughing, you know, and they're saying, "Well, no, what would you really do?" And he said, "I would really ask my dad." <laughs> <laughs> and he uh, and, and you know that we need to realize that and yes. understand because somebody said are you going to be able to work with your dad he goes oh you don't know my dad and the truth is they didn't know his dad his dad will stay out of it I mean he'll speak when he needs to speak and he'll you know oh and he'll, yeah <laughs> he says he's going to be the maintenance man that he never had you know that's <laughs> But he had himself, so that's about the maintenance man he had. But, 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 my, but my point is that, that influence is huge. If you keep a good attitude and you don't lose it because you're such a pain in the whatever. Yes. Just this last Wednesday night, I teach preschoolers on Wednesday night, and this young mom comes running into my classroom, and she said, I'm sorry I'm late. And I'm going, you're not late. Class hasn't started yet. She goes, I know, but I didn't have time to talk to you. Oh. And threw her arms around my neck and said, mm-hmm. I just love you so much. Mm-hmm. I want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. And and so the, the influence that we have on yeah. the young is so mm-hmm. important. When you love them unconditionally and you listen to their woes, and then as they allow you to speak into their mm-hmm. lives, they come running. They want yeah. to hear you. Mm-hmm. They want to be encouraged. Yeah. And we are still needed. Yeah, we are. Mm-hmm. You know, so much of that is a, a mental thing. If you don't think you're needed, then you're not needed. But if you say, I am here for this time. I am here. I am a senior for this time. I mean, I've always said, God, uh, God placed us in Dublin for this time. If it's hard, if it's easy, He placed us in this for this time. Mm-hmm. But do you know what? He placed me this age too. Because if he hadn't wanted me to be there, I'd be in heaven. See? And so we have got to see that there is always more. It may not look the same. It may be different. But there's always more. Okay. Yes? I turned 65 this year. Mm-hmm. Also. And it's like, bam, a slap across the face. You're not going to live forever. I mean, I just don't... I can't imagine myself as a senior citizen. I don't feel like a senior citizen. I don't act like a senior citizen. And yet, when, yeah, and when, when young, young people come to our church, they look at me and say, wow, the pastor's old. And yet, we still have young people coming yeah. mm-hmm. into the church, which mm-hmm. I really can't figure that, that part out. But the part I think that is my greatest concern, I'm not worried about what I will do when I leave, but I will leave. because That's right. I, I, it, yeah, I will leave there. Mm-hmm. I do. My big concern is, what will they do when I leave? Yeah. Right. Well, you know, I think a very important thing, and this is something Dave has been working working toward for years, is I think it's wise for pastors to have a plan, mm-hmm. and and it is good 
to uh, bring someone in that you believe. I mean, you know, you, you may have to do have a couple before you get the right one. But the thing is, if you ask somebody else, this is what I've seen. If you ask somebody in and you're going to, you know, I wouldn't ask them in and before they even come say, I'm going to give you the church because you don't know. You don't know how they're going to work out. Um, Christopher worked with us for 12 years and until just a little time ago, I mean, God put things in his life that were good for him to, you know, gave him the opportunity to learn. And so timing is everything. But I think it is a real detriment to a church when the pastor leaves. Then it takes a year, um, you know, a year, a nine months to a year for them to find a pastor. And then they get the new pastor who they don't know from Job's Turkey. And they, and then it's three years before they have any, uh, nickels that they can lead. And so I think it's a good thing, which I don't know if John agrees or not, but I think he would, to do the hard work and to try to find, uh, somebody that, um, that you can sort of groom for that ministry. Now sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't work. I mean, we were very blessed because our son, Chris, told us from four or five years old that he was going to pastor his dad's church. And when he came back from Bible school, I can remember John saying to me, saying to us at a, in a buffet table, say, well, I hope you have a church next week when Chris is back because everybody knew that he had always said that. But those 12 years, he had an opportunity to grow and develop. And so now there will be change and there will be some people that will leave because, you know, because they do. And because, you know, he might have a light that moves around. Oh, Lord help. I can't wait till I get to talk to all of the people about that. <laughs> but, um, like, you know, like. Spotlights. And- <laughs> <Yeah>. So. Um, <laughs> all maintenance men. <laughs> but my point is, but my point is that because they've planned, yeah. it was it's a lot easier. Yes. And so I know that's hard, but you might think about that, but I will give you a a, a caveat here. If you're going to bring somebody in and you're going to tell them that you're going to leave, well then you need to leave once <laughs> once yeah. that time is up. That's because true. I've seen pastors bring people in and not because it isn't working out, but because they just can't let go. They will not uh, pass on that um, mantle of leadership. So, yes. All right, my church is Chester Christian Center in Chesterland. Mm-hmm. And uh, Pastor Steve established our church. I think you probably know Bruno Blackhouse, mm-hmm. Greg, but um, uh, Pastor Greg, who was Bruno Blackhouse's uh-huh. son, came to us as a youth pastor. Uh-huh. And celebrating 20 years, Pastor Steve stepped down. Years uh-huh. ago, they took a year in transition. We had some people leave. We have people that come to Sunday school even now, and they leave after Sunday school because mm-hmm. the music is too loud, and the kids that are leaving it are too wild, and you know. And they don't dress like and we did. Me myself, <laughs> you know, I like the hymns. Mm-hmm. I like music. I sing in the group, but you know. There were a lot of changes, uh-huh. but our church has more people now than it right. had when Pastor Steve left. Pastor Steve still comes to church and mom. Mm-hmm. However, he does not have anything to do. He's, he likes to visit people in the hospital, and he has a nursing home, in the mm-hmm. church, which he has always had, and now he devotes himself to that, and he leads a Sunday school class. Yes, yes. It See, that, I think that is the healthy... Bruno said, or, or whoever came up to do the... the um, when they moved over the when the, the change or the transition, but that's not the right yeah installation. installation. Yeah, he said it's extremely rare to have pastors. Like I work with our children's pastor; she's been there twenty two years. Pete's yeah. been there twenty years. Pastor uh, Sawcheck started the church. He said it's extremely rare. Right. Yeah. So and, I applaud you that you're doing that. And, yeah. and it does work. It, you know, the sad thing would be to me if we gave our whole life to this and then we didn't have a plan. Because, right. I mean, we've been there 38 years. That's our whole life. I mean, we were, uh, that's a long time. <laughs> and we have the same thing. We have people who have been there forever. 
And in fact, everybody on our church staff either has been there forever, like Pastor Dennis, or they grew up with grew up in the church and we lifted it up, or they married somebody in the church, and so the the children's pastor is married to somebody that grew up in the church for their teen years at least, and then you know, it's very unusual, but it's very healthy. It's very healthy if it's done right. Yes. From a, um, and not not just just to throw out the Bible and make that a foundation, but really, <laughs> well, and that could be a good that could be a good thing. I, as far as, as, far as thank you for receiving it that way. <laughs> when you look at the word. And what the Assemblies of God historically did a number of years ago, and I'm not fighting, but our brother, our state trooper today mentioned fivefold ministry because it's in the Bible. Yeah, it is. And because apostolic succession was mm-hmm. in the Bible, and the church mm-hmm. really did well. Yes, those they did. Years. They did. And I think we're getting ready for the second coming of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And apostolic Influence. Mm-hmm. We call it that. Not some gift. Dave and I neither one want to be called Apostle Larry and Apostle Dave. But I believe. I think it'd be cute myself. We're, it would be cute. <laughs> but in that process, we see a very uh-huh. healthy yeah. spiritual thing. Mm-hmm. God using the the years because He said, "Don't." He said to us when we were young, "Don't let them despise your youth." Yeah. But He also said. With those many gray hairs comes great. That's right. That's right. And yeah. So if we can find this and and read, mm-hmm. and I know John is, is is very much in tune with this as the network, uh, because you, you have to start all over all the time. Why have we? Yeah, because yeah, have we been doing. That? Yeah, yeah. And so it is. Well, well think point. of Moses and Joshua. God didn't say, oh, now you're in Israel. Let's see if we can't find somebody now. Right. He had been grooming Joshua for years exactly. and years. Well, Elisha and Elijah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's like you said, it's biblical. You know? <laughs> yeah, and you've, and you've experienced it. And sometimes sometimes we, we have to do that. You know, we, it's hard sometimes. But that is a good thing if you can find someone that can come in. I mean, obviously, they're not, you're not going to want them to stay 22 years. But... but you know, sometimes you can tell in three or four whether it's going to work or not. Well, when you're 65, I mean, anybody can do the math. Yeah, yeah. You know, come on, I mean. <laughs> Hello. Five, yeah, you know. So Here we are. So yeah. I, although I'm not ready to retire this year, mm-hmm. I need to be making a range. That's right. I would love to see, you know, we've been there 18 years. Yeah. It was nothing. Yeah. It was less than yeah. nothing when we took that church. So yeah. we'd like to see that testimony. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well our our time is up.